Leslie, welcome to the show. It's been such a long time since I've seen you, my friend. How are you? Mike, I'm so excited to connect with you. I feel like we have been like messaging each other on like social (laughs) for like a year to almost two years now. And I'm yeah, probably. (laughs) I'm just so excited (laughs) to see you. I know you're, I know it's been so good to watch your transformation and just how much we've grown ever since we did that front runner event in uh, November of 21. That's where we first connected. And I remember, I remember that event very vividly. Me too. Remember when we did that little thing together and it was like, I was leading you and you were blind. Oh yeah. The trust thing with the blindfold. Oh my God. I was like one of the biggest freakouts of my life. I was like, I was like, get up, don't touch me. I was like just <laughs> panicking the whole time. And you're like, you're okay. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm so unsafe. <laughs> that was tough for a lot. That was tough. That was cool yeah. though. That was a cool experience. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, you know, and also just like speaks to how much, how many of us are trying to find that very solid thing, that safe ground. I kind of compare it to like, you know, walking on thin ice. You're trying to find the place where the ice is a little bit thicker than somewhere else. You're like, is this okay? How about this? Is this okay? We're all doing that in some form or fashion. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So Leslie, you have an amazing story. And the reason why I love this story is because I'm one of the few people that knew you before this amazing transformation, before this ultra runner superstar um, that we see before us, who's really kind of documenting their journey, which is just so cool to see. And you just did your first, didn't you just recently do a hundred miler? I did. Recently? Yeah. Yeah. September 15th. We need to talk about that. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about that because I probably will never do a hundred mile run. You can't can't say never, but it was just, it's cool watching people do uh, feats of endurance like that. And so I'd love to talk to you about that today. And I also want to talk about this, this like, I have to say it's pretty insane just watching you go from that event and the same event that I was and then watching like two years, almost to the day. If we're sitting here now and you're coaching people, you're helping people learn how to run, you're thriving as a real estate agent, you and your husband are like tag teaming in real estate and just doing your thing. And the most important thing is I'm seeing this level of joy coming out of you with these aligned choices. So I am excited to dive into that. I know you are. We were talking a little bit before the show about that. So let's get into it. Leslie, what in God's name got you into ultra running? Out of all the things in the world. <laughs> I literally found out about it. Uh, of, I think it was January of 2022. Literally never even heard of the sport until last year. It, um, mm. it kind of just all kind of fell in my lap. I'd always really thought running was cool. I thought it was a really cool, convenient sport to do. Um, in college, every now and then I'd be like, well, I need to get healthy again. And I'd go for like a little run and it would be like a walk jog and it would be like, you know, for like 30 minutes or whatever. Um, but I never really, I, I always thought it'd be cool to do like a bucket list, like marathon in like Tokyo or something like that. And it would be like, you know, something like that. But I never actually signed up for one or committed to it or anything. And Danny, who was at that event, um, at yeah. that prep event in November, we just got to chatting and he was a runner and we just started talking about it. And I was like, you know, I've always wanted to do that. And like, I probably should. And he was like, why not? 
<laughs> and it was just one of those like, you can, like, you could do it in a month if you really wanted to. Like, you could run a marathon. Um, and for some reason, when it landed, I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. I can do this. I should do this. I think I will. And it was like that kind of like, huh, I guess I will. And, um, and I had gotten a couple of breakthroughs of that retreat itself with just like feeling empowered and feeling like, you know, I had the world at my fingertips. It was really just my choice on what I wanted to do with my life. Cause I was Mm -hmm. back then I was really searching, I think for some meaning in my life. And, um, up until that point, I had done a lot of things that I thought I should have done because my people around me said like, that would be good or encouraged me. But very little had I ever said like, I want to do this and I'm going to do it. And so, so I just decided like, okay, well, this will help me with my, you know, mental health. It will help give me some little therapeutic exercise. It will help me with my physical health. And let's just, you know, go for it and see. That'd be kind of fun to do. And so I just started running. I signed up for a half marathon um, in April of 2022. And so I had kind of like self-trained, DIY'd it up until that point, asked questions, mm-hmm. um, tried out all kinds of gear and all that. And then, you know, I just got to the point where it wasn't hard anymore. And then it was super, super fun. And then I fell in love with it and then I got addicted to it. And it just kind of became this new thing in my life that was mm. giving me a lot of things that I was lacking in. And yeah. so then it, you know, it. I always talk about running like it's a relationship because that's how it feels to me. It feels like a relationship that has very different facets to it. It's constantly changing. It's constantly evolving. Um And so, yeah, that's just kind of what happened. And then we, so I told Danny when I did my half marathon, I was like, this is Danny Diaz, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Danny Danny Diaz. Okay. The, the, the shout out to Danny Diaz, if you're listening to this. Uh, Well, Leslie, and and I wanted to jump in there. Yeah. You know, you had said, and just to clarify, I want to, for just for people who are listening to this, you had never ran before. You were not a runner. No. It's like zero miles. I mean, no, no five. Have you done a 5k before that or? Yeah, I did a 5K, but it was like, I I think one. I did it. Yeah, I did. I did one 5K. Mm-hmm. So you've done one 5K and now you didn't, then you just did a hundred miler. Yes. In a, a little over a year. And training for it. A little. Like zero to a hundred. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that wild? <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, and then that's what I wanted to dive into with that, because I think for a lot of people, it seems very daunting when you go from zero to a hundred in almost anything. But when someone tells you, oh, you could do a hundred mile or one, you know, why not? And you've never ran before and you have no clue where to start. This enthusiasm that you had about just jumping into doing it and just making sure that things are, you're just taking things, you know, bull by the horns. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to figure it out. I'm just going to make it happen. I think that's, first of all, like that's a testament to you. But the other thing I wanted to dive into was you said you were looking for something. What was it that you were looking for before you jumped into the 100 mile race of life? So I always felt 
And I, I said this when I, um, I think at that retreat, I, I, I had said this a couple of times up to this point. I have always felt this like deep longing and maybe like a knowing that I was meant for big things. And mm. I just always knew that about myself. I knew that I was going to be like, you know, like a mover in life. And, um, and that I, for some reason, always felt gravitated towards athletics. Like I, I was always interested in like, you know, I had horses growing up and I did rodeo and all that. And that, you know, I, I really enjoyed that. And, um, so I think when I first started, like kind of getting into it, it was like this thing where I was like, I want to see what I can do. Maybe that's what I was trying to find out. Like, what Mm. can I do? Like, what is this body capable of? And, and what can I, you know, and how would that feel? Like, I remember I would say that a lot. I would see people doing crazy things like Ninja Warrior or, you know, like the Olympics or something. I'd be like, how would that feel to, to have that physical ability to do something like that? And like, and I don't know, it just was always kind of fascinating to me, like what human bodies are like capable of. Mm. And, and like seeing, first of all, I love American Ninja Warrior. I think that's, that's great. I have a buddy of mine that's like done it a couple of times and he says it's like so cool, but it's very exhausting and it's taxing. And it's just like the physical, it just takes a lot out of you. You had mentioned about pushing, you know, and seeing what the human body was capable of. Tell me what it was like for you when you ran your first half marathon, that distance over 5K. What was what was the feelings that came up for you during that run? Oh my gosh, I love this question. I, I love questions like this because I'd get so emotional thinking about it. Every run has been so yeah. special. Um, so I really felt like I... It felt to me, it was like the first time I'd really ever felt like I was a little girl again, like frolicking through the woods Mm. or like, I know it sounds kind of weird, but like, I remember on my playlist, I I put Hannah Montana on there. So I used to be obsessed with like Molly Cyrus and like Hannah Montana. And um, so did the rest of America. Right. I mean, (laughs) notable. Um, but there's a song it's called, you'll always find your way back home. And that's what it felt like when I crossed that threshold, when I, I think I'd ran like something like 10 miles up until that point. And I remember I was at the 10 mile mark and I was like, all right, here we go. This is, un- this is uncharted territory here. I'm, I'm moving towards something I've never done before. You know, when that song came on, like around that same time. And I was like, that's mm. it. Like, I feel like I'm coming back to myself. Like I'm coming back home to this feeling of feeling free and feeling myself and being fully Leslie, if that makes a sense, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I see, I see, I see where you're going with that. It's almost like you tapped into like your inner child, like that I just mean, it came out. Yeah. And it kind of, and it gets stuck with us when we, you know, for, I guess, as you grow older, you kind of just get responsible for bills and, yeah. tasks and family obligations that you kind of forget what it was like to play as a kid again. Yeah. And I'm imagining that's what running was for you. Yeah. 
It was. And it, it takes bravery to to do something in public like running, which is super, super hard. And it makes you mm. look not good. You know, and as a woman, you're constantly worried about what you look like. And so it takes, you know, you got to not care what people think when you're running, you know, down the street or whatever. And that was a big deal for me. You know, like I was I was nervous to suffer in front of people and I didn't really like I don't like to feel that way. Um, but I did it anyways. And that was a very freeing feeling for me to not care. Yeah. Why were you nervous about that though at first? Was was it the judgment? Like what was coming up for you in, in that? Yeah, I so I, I when I was a kid, I used to get embarrassed at like little thing, like if there was anything that like, if I ever got kind of excluded or, um, looked at differently, I would get like really intense and like anxious embarrassment feelings and I'll cry. Mm. And so sometimes I, you know, growing up, I'd faced a lot of rejection, like with other sports, like with horses and stuff, being at a rodeo team, I had a lot of you know, people that I rode horses with, like kind of reject me as a person and, and like not really want to be friends with me. And so that always kind of like affected the way I kind of like did things publicly, athletically. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's probably where that came from was this fear of, you know, suffering in front of people and, you know, struggling in front of people and, and feeling, you know, like you're, um, you know, like having people pity you or look down on you, I guess. Hmm. When you found that running was your thing, you know, whatever, what was that moment like? Okay. So I, yeah, that I, now hindsight, I feel like I'm like, that's when it happened. Like I can point to it. Um, so I, after the half marathon, I got asked to do this other retreat with Danny Diaz and another uh, mm. coach called his name is Dan Holguin. We ran through Glacier National Park and Oh cool. Yeah. It was um with like ten other people and it was twenty two miles and we trained and all this kind of stuff. And I um was like in the front of the pack, loving it, dancing, doing my like les full on Leslie again. And I just remember just being like so content and just feeling like, oh, I could do this shit all day long. Every day I could do this shit. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> this feels so, it just feels like flow. It feels so natural. It feels like, you know, I'm, I'm me. This is what I feel like I'm kind of meant to do. Mm. So that was where. I- yeah. When were you at, when you did Glacier, now we're at 22 miles. You had done like your 12 miles and then now you've done your 22 miles and you ran through one of the most beautiful national parks in the country. Was there a moment where you felt like you couldn't continue on? And if so, how did you push yourself through that? Um, yeah. So towards the end, we were, you know, coming down the mountain and we had been running for like eight plus hours that day. And, um, cause we were with a big old group and, um, so we were coming down and the quads were failing and we, it was like <laughs> intense pain that I had really never felt before. I don't think, um, definitely not. Um, and 
I was with a buddy, my friend Christine, and we were just kind of talking the whole time. And we were both kind of in this place where I, I remember I'd be like, are you hurting? And she'd be like, yeah, I'm hurting. Are you hurting? And I'd be like, yeah, I'm hurting. And, um, you know, but it was just one of those things where I was like, in that, I, sometimes I felt like, is this actually going to work? Like, are we actually going to make it there? Um, but very little, because I feel like it was just one of those things where it was like, well, we got to get out of the park. Um, mm. But I would say I, ha- I didn't have that feeling until my 100 miler, probably. Mm. Yeah. Which is why I kept to- on going, because I feel like I didn't ever meet that point. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. And it sounds like to me for a lot of people that they don't believe that they can do something of that magnitude. And, you know, you're a living testament of you can really do anything that you want to do if you put your mind to it. And where do you find that most people hold themselves back when it comes to things like this, when it comes to maybe endurance running, because I know you you coach people on on running and you get them to go from zero to one, maybe even more. But where do you find maybe your clients or people uh, hold themselves back when it comes to running? I think the biggest misconception is this, and I had it too. Well, maybe not misconception, but a fear. It's the fear of injuring your body to the point of no return. Um mm. You know, I, I, I would have pains that would come up when I first started training that I would be like, is this normal? Is something wrong? And then my coaches would say, nope, it's completely normal. Keep going. And I've had a lot of clients that have had pains and maybe their knees or their hips or other areas in their body and the fear of making worse damage, you know, causing worse damage holds them back because they don't know what their body's capable of. And they're afraid to find out because they're risking never being able to run again in their minds. That's what they're risking. Right. And, um, Mm. so that, I think that is what holds a lot of runners back, um, is the fear of injuring Mm. themselves more. When it came to your 100-mile race, that was big for you. As somebody who had progressively had gotten from the 5K to the half marathon to the full marathon, and now here you are, you're running uh, um, roughly, I would say, four marathons in one day. Four marathons in one day. Nuts. <laughs> I, it is. I, I commend you for it. Again, like, I don't know if I would ever do a hundred miler, but what I, (laughs) but what I would say, what I will say is, is that watching people do something of that magnitude is so inspiring. And just knowing you personally from the last couple of years and watching you go from somebody who wasn't a runner, who was looking for something to now finding that thing in running and helping people find that thing in running that hundred miler almost broke you. It almost, it almost like physically and mentally broke you, but you pushed yourself through that. What was your game plan going into that? How did you continue on? And, you know, what, was there anything profound that came up during your running about either yourself and, or your life that you'd, you'd like to share with us? 
Oh my gosh. So many things I could say. Um, so my game plan in it was I'm here to learn, right? Like I'm, I know I had ran, um, I ran a 52 miler in January of this year. Okay. And so after that one, I was like, all right, let's go for the hundred. And so I had a coach and my coach, Dan, who, um, has run hundreds before, you know, the whole time. Not Danny Diaz, another Dan. Yeah. Another Dan. Um, Another Dan. Okay. I know it's so confusing. Uh, Shout out to the other Dan. Dan Dan. Who actually is an American Ninja Warrior. Like he actually. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So our game plan to go in was, you know, he told me, you know, you have all the tools to make you successful. You've done the work. We've practiced up to this point, you know. But I was going in with, you know, like knowing that up until the 52 mile mark, that was all just going to be like training. After that, it was going to be unchar- uncharted territory. We don't, have, we have no clue what my body's going to do after that. We have no clue what's going to happen. And so I just knew that I was going to, my plan moving, doing it was, I'm going to run until I can't run anymore. And then I'm going to walk until I can't walk anymore. And then I'm going to crawl until I can't crawl anymore. And then if my body gives out, then that's, that's the end of it. That for me was what I had signed up for. Um, you know, uh, and I know not everybody would, you know, have that as their intention, but that to me was, I was so determined to find out who that Leslie was at the end of that race that I was willing to do whatever it took. And, um, so, you know, getting into that race, I, I hit that 52 mile mark, I think around, I want to say two or 3 a.m. or something like that. And so then knowing that I had, you know, twice as or that same amount going, it kind of did seem like a bigger task. And so I would say, all right, let's just go from this aid station to the next aid station. That's seven miles. I can do seven miles. Let's go seven more miles. And then, you know, I would just keep on taking it in those bite-sized pieces. Um, And then there was a point that I got to, uh, my, my husband, Jeremy was actually my pacer. He was with me. It was, um, about, he was with me from like nine to 3 PM that next day. And, um, the sleep deprivation, I didn't know this. Um, one of the side effects is paranoia. And so there Mm. were some runners that were passing me and I was so paranoid that I was going to mess their race up. So I would try to get to the side. I would try to get off the trail, but I was in pain. And so every time I got off the trail, it really hurt. Like my feet would hurt, you know, I'd have to like slowly get over there. And I was moving, I was what we call putt putting, which is like, you know, like you just are kind of like shuffling your feet. And, um, after I started doing that for a, a while, I was like, oh my God, I'm spending so much energy caring about these people and ruining their race while I'm out here racing my own race. And that was one thing I think my biggest takeaway was that I am so worried about other people and their reactions around me and messing them up that I'm willing to slow down my race and my process in order to make them feel better. And that was a big thing that came up that I already had been working through like my whole life. I feel like I've been working through that, but that was 
it was very apparent in that in that moment. And then I I really got down on myself for this pain because I was thinking, am I going to like, is this possible? I remember I asked Jeremy at one point, like, is this possible? Like, am I actually going to make it? And then, um, you know, he said like, yeah, of course you can. Um, but in his brain, he was saying at this speed, we're not going to. Um, oh, he did it with you. Yeah. So I had three pacers. So I had. Um, okay. I had and, a what, and what's a pacer? Yeah. Talk to me about what a pacer, a pacer is. is just another runner that you're allowed to have on the race with you um, to just kind of keep you going. And it's usually around certain mile marks, they'll say you're allowed to have a pacer. So this one was like around mile 50. You could have someone come in and help you. So I had three people that I had come. One was Christine, the girl who I did the one through Glacier with. Um, Mm. She helped me throughout the night. And then Jeremy joined me, um, my husband. And then I had my friend Alan who had run a hundred miler before he took me home. He went from like mile 80 to the end with me. So they were there just kind of like helping me like keep the pace and like encouraging me, but also just like keeping me moving. That was like really the biggest part was just to keep me moving Mm. because you don't realize how much your brain just wants to rest and you'll be like, oh, what's that? And then you just kind of stop like, you know, you're just not really in your right mind at certain points when you're so deprived of sleep like that and you've lost so much energy. You just kind of your brain starts to go kind of like weird sometimes. Yeah. And, and something I pulled out of that story as I'm kind of taking notes, just listening to what you're saying is, you know, it's almost a testament to people when we feel like we don't have enough, how much we rely on our community and our closest friendships to get us through those tough times. And, you know, your friend, Christine has been a a constant. She was there with you at Glacier. She was there with you at the hundred mile or Jeremy, your husband was there with you and your coach, both Dan's, Danny and Dan were there for you. You know, talk to me about the importance of community for you and running and how it's helped you really just grow and become the person that you are today. The running community has been, it has done so much for me personally. Like I know it has done a lot for other people, but I think I truly believe it's one of the most welcoming communities that there is in sports. Um, having someone who either has done something before who is like excited for you to, to try or start, that is like a huge help with, for anybody, like, you know, having Danny tell me like, you can like, come on, you can do that or whatever. And like that kind of support, but then also like having people even just at a race, like that's what I also love about the ultra ultra running community. Like everyone is so willing to help out and like hand over you a snack. If you need a snack, if you need more water, you got a water here, we got more, we got ice, you need more, you know, like everyone is just so just like, it's like a, you know, a whole community. And Mm. that hundred miler, I truly did have like a village to get me there. There were, there were runners on the course who were telling my parents at the end, like, she's coming. She's, she's like, we just saw her. She's on her way. She's moving. She looks good. Like she's, you know, and then I would have other, you know, I would have like my, my husband who helped me just like realistically, like understand what was possible in that moment. Like I needed someone to, to talk to me about reality. Cause I was in such a you know, in my brain, I was not really, there's so much going on inside of me that it was hard for me to like have a, 
an axis to under, you know, to, to stick to. And so having someone like that and then, geez, my coach, like having a coach take you through something that they've already done and talk with you, like, and keep in touch with you and text you certain things at this, the exact moment that you need it. And like, and teach you how to be grateful for the legs that you have in those moments. Like there's no words behind that kind of support that you get from those kind of people. Like it's, Mm. it takes a whole team for someone to accomplish a hundred miler. Like, are you kidding? Like there's so many people involved, like, you know, there's volunteers at the races and, and all that. And everyone is so overly positive and they don't have to be, you know, like Mm -hmm. it rained. It was like 40 degrees and it was nasty weather. And my mom, my mother-in-law, she drove her like brand new SUV and got it so muddy inside and everything. And she was so excited the whole time. Like just like the best attitudes ever. And that means so Mm. much to someone who is like feeling like, Oh my God, I'm so slow. Oh my God. Like I'm trying so hard and I really just want everyone to have a good time. And like, you know, you have all those kind of things going on in your head and, but you're, you're also in your own head going like, can I, I'm just going to do this. You know, I got to work in my brain to get, get going, you know? (laughs) And it's just like, it's a village, man. Like Mm. it's a, it's a whole ass team. That's beautiful. I love, I love how you describe that too, because you know, for, you know, for, for many of us, like we want that community in our lives and we want, we want those, those relationships because they mean so much to us. And I think, again, like this story is so powerful, I think for, for me just listening to it and also just for people out there who are probably encountering something that seems daunting. It seems like they're a hundred mile race. Then you don't know where to start. And you've shown that you can go from zero to a hundred miles in, in, in a couple of years. And as we're, we're kind of getting into, uh, the last segment of this show, now that you're done with your hundred miles, the feelings of accomplishment, I'm sure you felt and everything that just came over you was probably just pretty amazing, but you decided that you wanted to teach other people this exact same thing. So tell me about your work. Tell me about what inspired you to coach other people. How has that journey been for you? I I think a lot of times we we find passion in the thing that transformed us. So I personally was transformed by my coaches. I've had multiple coaches in my life um, get me to where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm such a believer in having a coach and and everything. So, but my um, you know my. I, I, I noticed, you know, I, I'd always thought coaching would be fun and cause I'd had some, you know, really helped me. And then I saw Dan, my running coach, and he's just a very different person. He has dreadlocks down to his knees. He lives in Montana. He was an American Ninja warrior. He did rodeo. Like he's just all over the map with like cool and different and unique and, but the way that he would say things to me, like he would just kind of cut through everything. And he would say, like, he got me to start working out in the gym and I would be like, yeah, I feel awkward. And he said, it's okay. You're supposed to feel awkward. And that just the way that, that, that delivery for me, 
and also providing the space for me to be scared and telling me it's okay to feel scared to do something like this. And it, we all feel this way before, right? You know, and like making you feel like you belong. And um, so I had a lot of people reach out to me and just say, like, I'm so inspired by what you're doing. And I have questions, you know, every now and then somebody would just ask me like, Hey, what shoes do you wear? You know, like, you know, and they would start asking me these questions and I am constantly like learning new things with running. And so I thought like, what better way to help other people and inspire other people by just showing them what I did and giving them the tools that I have had over the years to do the same thing. And so Mm. I, I love when someone comes to me and says, I want what you have. Something about the way that you smile and the way that you look, you know, I see your videos or whatever, like you have some sort of like glow and life about Mm. you that I want that. And that's where I'm like, okay, you know, like I can ask them a few questions and if they're willing, I can take them there. Um. And, you know, it's one thing I've also learned with coaching is you have to trust your coach. And that takes a really, you have to build that trust over time and have that relationship with your client um, because they're, they're getting out of their comfort zone every day. Every single day, they're getting out of their comfort zone by doing the things that you're putting in front of them. And um, I've just, I've seen so, I've seen some people blossom into, into running consistently um, that literally had never run before and thought it was crazy that that was even possible for them. And they, they thought that they're, you know, they were too far gone or they were too old or their story was over. Um, my sister, she has five kids. She has five kids and one has a disability. And she told me she wanted to try learning how to run and she didn't know what was going to happen. And she runs every day and she's been doing it for however long I've been coaching and like, I'm helping her do it every single day. And she is like, she ran 90 minutes the other day. And like, how can you like, when you're running an hour and a half and, and six months ago, you were never doing that. Like that's got to change you in your brain. Like your mindset has to be completely transformed by doing something like that. And for me to just have the tools to give someone and provide that space for them to be open and, and vulnerable and raise their hand and be willing. It's, it's the least I can do. I'm, I'm just, I'm just here learning myself. You know, I, I feel like I'm learning yeah. every single day how to get out of my comfort zone and be, be, be a better person. But, um, yeah, so it's just been that's so good. <laughs> that's so, that's so good, Leslie. That's so awesome to see you in a new season of life. And for all of you out there who are listening to Leslie's story, it is very possible for you to go from zero to a hundred miles. And Leslie's a living testament of that and just putting your mindset there. So Leslie, thank you so much for being on the show, for sharing your story. It's so good to see you just really thrive and just be um, a completely transformed version of yourself and just seeing what's next for you. Speaking of which, what is next for you? Is there a 200 mile race? Is there another hundred miler? Are you? Yeah, there's, there's other ones out in the, in the future. Um, I have been going so, I've been going so hard, so fast. I have decided to kind of like actually exercise some more patience. Now that I know I can, 
I'm like, okay, let's let's take our time yeah. here. So um, next year, my challenge that I'm going to do, which I haven't really announced this yet, but um, I'm going to do a 50 miler every month starting in February. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's an, that's amazing. Yeah. I was about to say that's like, I was about to say that's, that's freaking crazy. What are you doing? You know, I was about to, but I'm like, I know. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's amazing. That's Leslie. Cool. If I can, I think it'll be so fun. It's like a project for me to see like how much I can mm. keep, keep up with this. But when I was training for my hundred, I, it was actually my coach's idea because I was doing so well. I told him, I was like, I'm like mm. suspiciously excited about how my body's responding with all these miles you're putting in front of me. And he was like, well, maybe your body just operates really, really well doing like a 50 mile a month. Maybe you ought to try that. And I'm yeah. like, hmm. so what a, what a nice way to push the envelope, right? <laughs> like, Oh yeah, just no big deal. <laughs> so good. I know. So, so Leslie, as we're as we're coming to a close here again, thank you so much for your time and just for your charisma and your energy and just for sharing your story. I think it's going to really help a lot of people and everybody out there who's looking for a little bit of juice and a little bit of inspiration. And as I shared with you before we started the the show, that we ask every single guest on this show uh, what it means for them to live your truth. So Leslie, what does it mean for you to live your truth? I just think about in my journey for me to, in order, what I see when Leslie lives her truth, she, number one, she communicates it to herself and to Mm. others. This is what I'm going to do. You have to say it and you have to declare it and you have to really believe that that's it. And then when you really believe that it's your truth, living it out, that means you do it whenever you do it when it's hard. You don't do it when it's easy. You continue to do it when the environment and the situation is not so favorable. That to me is when mm. you're actually living your truth, no matter what. Love that. So good. Leslie, my friend, thank you for joining the show. And thanks to all of you for tuning into this week of Live Your Truth. Now, if you like what you heard, Go ahead and hit subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch this episode and many more on our YouTube channel. Go ahead and click the subscribe button there. This is Mike Ligori. I'll see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.